everybody shut up. Come in, come in here. Shut up. Listen to me. Out. You, out. Is this? Did we get a new mic? Sweet. I was like preparing myself for a crappy mic. But it's been like three weeks since I've been here. Lauren, if I squish your Bible, I'm sorry. Um, that's enough people for me. I'm going to get started. My name is Jesse. I'm on staff here. Um, don't hold it against me. Uh, and I'm talking tonight. I don't feel very good. But I'm happy to be with y'all. That's right. Yes. Uh, but uh, first things first, I'm going to pray. Um, yeah, God will make me sound smarter than I am. So pray with me. Jesus, we love you. Um, you've given us good things. You've given us really good weather. Thanks for that. Um, it's nice to be comfortable. Um, thanks for the building. Thanks for the food. Thanks for my friends here, my brothers, my sisters. And uh, thanks for this time. Thank you that you let me talk about the things that you've sent us. I uh, pray that I don't screw up. Uh, and if I do say anything dumb, um, just, yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't let us remember that and let us remember just the good things. Um, may this be a good time. Um, but more than anything, may you be glorified. Love you so much. Amen. Okay, well, I don't. it's not going to be a very long sermon. I, I mean, we got... Um, there's, but part of my title is missing. People, it says people keep saying I'm uncool. The rest of, the rest of it is, and they're right. <laughs> it's actually a, a lyric to one of my favorite songs. Um, but uh, yeah, Philippians, we've been in Philippians, um, uh, and we're at the end of chapter one. We've gotten so far. We've been in Philippians for what, like three years now? And yeah, we're at the end of chapter one. So we're just cruising. Anyways, we start with the story back in the summer after sixth grade. So this is like what, eight years ago, nine years ago? Um, cause I'm 21. Uh, I think I was 12, but I was at summer camp. That summer camp, this was kind of a weird summer camp. It was a talented and gifted summer camp. Talented and gifted summer camp. This was an awkward, weird summer camp. It was full of like exceptionally intelligent people, exceptionally uh, creative kids, exceptionally eccentric kids. Right. I don't know. I got lost. You're out too. Yeah, yeah. Go away. <laughs> yes, both of them. Um, so yes, a bunch of eccentric high or middle schoolers. This was an awkward, awkward camp. Um, it was in South Dakota. It was in Vermilion, South Dakota, University of South Dakota at Vermilion. 
this is one of the, I mean, one of the most unremarkable towns in the United States. They had like this, this gigantic um, arena dome thing, and it probably could ha- it could handle probably like five or six times the town's pop- population. It, it, I don't know. It is a weird place. Uh, anyways, filled with freaks and geeks. Anyways, we're at this class, or I don't know. I don't even know what. I don't even remember anything that we did at this camp. But I was in this classroom, and I sat down at a table, and in walks this girl with, you know, with a couple friends. And uh, she, I mean, she has, she, her face is forever fixed in my head. And she, she wasn't, she wasn't super cute. Like, the boys at her school probably didn't put her in the, in the cutest echelon of, of girls at her school. But she wasn't hideous, that's for sure. Um, she she definitely she had this interesting beauty. It was more she definitely looked more interesting than whoever was the prettiest girl in her school from somewhere in South Dakota. She had long dark hair and was shiny and wavy and beautiful. And and uh, she comes and sit down sits down right across from me with her friends and like okay twelve year old boy like I am instantly intimidated. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this is intimidating. This is crazy. I hadn't had a lot of experience talking to girls by age 12, uh, you know, post cooties age. Um, but I do okay. Like I don't go catatonic, you know, I keep, I keep the conversation going. I don't know what's, what exactly it was about, but yeah, keep it going. And then, and then the conversation turns. Yeah, she she figures out that uh, that I don't swear because I was uh, at this point in my life I was uh, I was up to my eyeballs in in being good. I was an extremely compliant little kid, um, and I was just obsessed with pleasing adults. Like I practiced my trumpet every day. I did all my homework. I could answer all the questions of my Sunday school teachers. Did all the exercises my soccer coach told me to. I was a boring kid. I have very few stories from this time in my life. But yeah, I would not swear. I also thought, I I mean, I really was convinced I was a Christian. Now, I'm not sure if I was a Christian back then or not. I, uh, I knew a lot about being good, but I don't know if, I don't know, I knew very, very little about loving Jesus, so... Tend, tend not to think that I was a Christian then. I definitely wouldn't bet eternity on it. But I wasn't, I wasn't going to swear. I was not going to swear. But she wanted me to swear. She's just like, just say it. What's the big deal? Just say it. I, was just, and, and I, like, I remember her as much as I remember her face. I remember her saying, just say it. And in my head, I was like, okay, familiar territory. Me getting picked on again. I... Had this glimpse. I thought I might have been cool to a girl. But, uh, no, no. This is back where I was. I'm not cool. Um, yeah. It was an unpleasant story. I didn't like it. Brainwashed. Exactly, man. It's the man. Do you guys know... You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you guys ever been pushed out? Have you guys ever been marginalized? 
would be it. For, for following Christ, for following Jesus. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It is not pleasant. Have you ever, you know, had a, you may be a, a, a super cute, super intelligent, super respectful guy, be super into you. But then you think, I don't know this personally. But, but you know, by the end of the night, like, he's going to expect you to give it up. Oh, I know what Christ has called me to. Not a fun situation. What if you're hanging out and your buddy buys you, without asking you, buys you, buys you another drink? And you're at four, and you know three is your limit. Maybe a recent conversation at work about the whole uh, Planned Parenthood Coleman Foundation thing. I know what it feels like. It sucks sometimes to say that you're God's. As a Christian, if you're following Jesus, you are not cool. You're not cool. We're not cool. We want to be cool. You know, I mean, it's, it sounds lame when I say it this way, but like, don't you, don't you have it in your head? Like, oh, I just want to show all my friends that Christians can be cool too. Doesn't that sound lame? But that's in our heads. You're not cool. Jesus is outside cool. Now, just in case you were wondering, if you're hoping for a being cool clause in the Bible, there's not one. In fact, we got the opposite tonight. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for, first, or I did that this morning. First Philippians. Um, instead, of, instead of Philippians, first chapter. Um, so, yeah, Philippians 1, 27 through 30. It's, it's the end of the chapter. I'm going to read this for you guys, okay? Only... Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but a salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me, now here to be in me as well. This is what we're looking at tonight. So, so where's the drama? Where's the intrigue? Where is the affront to our modern and intelligent sensibilities? Let's just go through it. Verse 27. Conduct yourselves worthily. Okay, so be good. That's nothing new for the Bible, and it makes sense. Uh, firm in them one spirit, uh, with one mind. Okay, teamwork. Makes sense. Um, 28. In no way alarmed by your opponents. Don't be afraid of the bad guys. Yep, that's in the Bible before. Makes sense. Uh, verse 29. Yeah, you get to suffer. And I've heard that. 
but well, yeah, I've heard that, but it hasn't always made sense. There's many other things in the Bible that make sense. You get to suffer doesn't quite sound right. There's a, there, I mean, Paul's saying it like it's been grant, it's been granted to you. It's like you get to suffer, yay! It's like Guy Smiley in Sesame Street. With a gigantic smile, and then he like convulses ecstatically. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Granted, like we asked to suffer. For those of you here who are Christians, when you became a Christian, or you're thinking about it, like, did you put suffering in the pros column or in the cons column? I put it in the cons column. Oh, there's this whole suffering thing. Uh. <laughs> but Paul's saying, you get this too. It's in the pros column. Paul's lost his mind. It doesn't make sense. Why does he say this? It's like going to the grocery store. This is what we're going to do now. We're going to go to the grocery store. When I go to the grocery store and I want a snack or uh, a treat or something like that, I just go to the ice cream section. I just start heading to the ice cream section. It's like, I want a treat. I want ice cream. Maybe I'll walk by the candy on the way there. But there's so much other good stuff in the grocery store. Like, who goes? Who here, when they want a treat, goes to the condiment aisle? <laughs> Mary Alice, I, don't, I believe you. <laughs> exactly, but that's not a treat. I don't drink that for, Yeah. But you know what is in the condiment aisle? Nutella. <laughs> this that chocolate hazelnut spread, you guys know what I'm talking about? Holy crap, man. The freaking condiment aisle. It's next to the peanut butter. <laughs> so, let's walk down the condiment aisle of the end of Philippians 1 figure out where Paul's mind is going. It might just be going. But maybe he's on to something. So, uh, keep going a little bit. Verse 30 is still part of the sentence that starts in 29. Ah, no, go back. Whoa, that was crazy. All right, now I'm back. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. That's the end of that, that sentence. What is that? What's that conflict? Uh, well, do you guys remember the, the, the sermon that uh, Mike gave before Philippians, kind of setting up Philippians, how the Philippian church started? Little recap. Uh, Paul was new in town. He came to Philippi, and he was spreading the Jesus thing out there, and people were into it. I'm like, yeah, Jesus, I'll do this. And people were catching on, and things were going well. They were, like, running around a marketplace, and then this one girl, very, very annoying. It's, like, one of my wife's favorite parts of the Bible. Is like, and Paul was greatly annoyed. My wife always snickers when, when that is said. But she's got this demon in her, and he casts, he casts it out. And the guy, everybody's pissed because she's, like, a moneymaker. And so he goes and does this debate, and, and they're like, nope, we don't like you. And so... They beat him. He gets beat down and they throw him in jail. So this is the conflict that they see in Paul. 
And this letter that he's written to the Philippians, it's written from prison. So there's more, more of the same. As far as the Philippians can see, he's a train wreck. I mean, he just conflict wherever he goes. So what does this show about Paul's perspective? Imagine yourself as the jailer. I mean, the jailer that, that Paul got thrown in with his buddy Silas and friends. You've heard of this guy, Paul. People have talked about him. He's that guy that's super obsessed with Jesus. And Jesus, you've heard about too. He's interesting. He's been healing tons, or he did. He got himself killed because he really pissed the Jews off for some reason. I still don't know why. But he's healing all these people, and he seemed like a good guy. And Paul, this guy Paul, really loves him to the point that he gets himself thrown in my jail. And the weird thing is, he seems happier in the jail than he did outside. He's praying, he's singing, he's writing another freaking letter. Guy writes a lot of letters. He doesn't even care that he's here. He seems optimistic. I mean, as if this is just a setup for something. Paul conducts himself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We lose 27. This illustrates verse 27 and 28 very well. He is remaining optimistic. He is conducting himself well. Let's go to Galatians 5, actually. Galatians 5 is a very good illustration of what what good conduct is. Now the deeds, this is Galatians 5, 19 through 24. Uh, now we start out with the antis and then we get to the pros. Starting with the antis. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned, wait, just as I have forewarned you. Is that, that's not the translation I used. Anyway. <laughs> that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This, this is good. This is goodness. This is the way we're supposed to act on this earth. There's no law against that stuff. I don't know if it's cool or not. But it's good, and it's going to make the world better. It's going to improve the lives of so many people. Paul and Silas illustrated verse 28, too, from, uh, go back to Philippians. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. They didn't care that they were there. They didn't care that they were in jail. It's like, this is just business as usual for us. Good things are going to come of this. It's going to be great. And they were together. They were of one mind. 
one spirit, sticking together. They're a family. Imagine, imagine the opposite. What if, in jail, Paul had not conducted himself well? What if he had despaired? What if he'd freaked out? What if he'd been afraid of his, of his captors, of his fate? As a jailer, I wouldn't have even thought twice about the guy because that's the usual. People always freak out in jail. I was like, yeah, okay, that's that's typical. In a bigger picture, what if Paul had whined and complained and God had let him out anyway? That, there's something just kind of gross about that. That one just screws with my head. It's like, it's like God is like exasperated or irritated by his followers. It's like, okay, shut up. Just go out. Go. Man, if I was God... <laughs> I mean, I just turn the prayer phone to vibrate and ignore the whiner. But they are together and they're singing. And they're like, yeah, this is cool. We're good. We'll keep going. My, my summer camp story continues. Um, also at the table that I was sitting at, that I was getting berated at, was Mike Hader. Mike Hader was, was from my school. Uh, he was a year older. I had been on a soccer team with him, uh, and he was really good. Uh, he, was the, he was the one that could kick it over the super tall fence that no one else on the team could. And when I was, like, six, I thought Mike was just the amazing, amazingest. But all in all, I really didn't know Mike that well. If I had a scene, it was the geeks. And if Mike had a scene, it was the freaks. Um, all, all Mike's friends were the guys that went on to become punks and, and skaters, and um, which were the people that eventually offered me friendship when the nerds stopped. But anyways, I'm at the table. I'm catatonic, not saying anything, mouth open, staring at this girl, saying, just say it, just say it. I can feel everybody's eyes on me. And then Mike says, Why? Everybody's eyes. Everybody's looking at Mike now. I'm like, yes. Why does he have to say it? I mean, I swear. What's the big deal? And everybody's quiet. Most importantly, the dark-haired girl in my head. Finally, finally... The teacher or whatever it was got started with whatever it was, and we went about whatever we did. But Mike was my family that day. I never got to thank him for it. Mike, if you listen to this podcast, thanks, man. (laughs) Thanks for taking the uncool side. Because in that situation, what was the cool side? Not mine. (laughs) <laughs> he's thought like okay Jesse's not doing well but I think his, his side is the right side to take and he defended me and I was it was so good it was so freeing a lot of the punks 
became Christians, like, after we, after we left high school. I've been talking with Mike a little bit lately. Um, I don't know. He, he just went through a 12-step, and, uh, and, yeah, he's thinking about stuff for sure. I don't know. I mean, brothers in Christ, I don't know. I don't, even, I don't know. I don't think I was a Christian then, but he stood by me like he was my brother, even though he would have had a lot more friends if he would have taken the other side in that situation. My friends, when things don't go well, when people push on you for being a Christian, for loving God, you got you to gotta be cool with it. You got to take it with a smile. Know why? It's not, it's, it's, not, it's not that we like getting picked on. It's not like, woo, yay, a bird pooed in my eye. I'm happy that there's poo in my eye. We're not insane. We're not nuts. It's a bigger perspective. We have something in the picture. We have someone in the picture. We have God in the picture. We have the God of redemption in the picture. Redemption is far and away God's best trick. Coolest trick ever, turning poo into diamonds. I was, I was trying to figure out some of the the Greek and the, the roots of the word redemption. And Craig, you can tell me, or you can shoot me down if I'm wrong, but there's like a reversal at the beginning. It's like reversal of purchase price kind of smashed together. It's what redemption means. So like reversing the price, flipping the price, what was zero, 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 one dollars is now one zero, 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 zero dollars. Poo into diamonds. <laughs> teaching you metaphysics. <laughs> Just kidding. This is the God that is on your side. No, we don't. We're not stoked that there's poo in your, poo in your eye, but you got poo that might turn into a diamond. That's the attitude we have. That's the attitude that we can have. And God honors that. summer camp story still continues. So, I don't, know, I don't know if they still do, but like back in the day, there was always a dance at the end of summer camp, for, even for tag geeks. And this was, a, this was a camp for middle schoolers, so I don't know. The only people dancing at this dance were the teachers because they were kind of eccentric weirdos too. I mean, the, it was this big dark room, and all the junior hires were around the edge. <laughs> it's just like, but we were all there because we had some sort of expectation that, oh, maybe someone will ask me to dance, or maybe I'll dance. But in, no one was going to actually initiate that, myself included. I was just sitting, sitting by myself at the edge. But then, then a girl starts sauntering towards me. Not sauntering. More timid. I mean... You know, this is this is pubescent, you know, junior hires. So she was kind of taking small steps. It was the dark-haired girl. The dark-haired girl was coming my way, and she asked me to dance. 
I was like, I've been afraid of you all week. <laughs> and now you want me to dance? I was like, I mean, my head, I, I was like this fire hose of processing went rushing through my brain. I was like, I thought you hated me. And now you thought, you thought you, you did think I was cool? And I thought she was, I thought she was the coolest and that I would never, ever get the time of day from her. She asked me to dance. I mean, what was that about? And dick that I am, I said no. <laughs> I know, right? Huge regret. Like, I've remembered this story for a long time, but this last part I didn't remember until just a couple days ago. I'm like, I remember. She asked me to dance. How the, how, it's like, this has been one of the most stirring memories for me the past couple days. It's, to me, it's, it was like, oh, this is perfect. This is totally poo into diamonds. I wish I would have danced with her, though. I mean, can you imagine the courage it must have taken her? I was like, I was totally ripping this kid earlier. <laughs> I said, no, sorry. Brown-haired girl, I don't know if you'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I tried to dance with you 20 years ago. <laughs> My friends, brothers, sisters, I'm hoping tonight that, I, that I've cast some glint of hope in the situations that you don't like being a Christian in. Some glimmer of impetus, hopefully, to obey, even when you look dumb. Whatever that situation is. I mean, God, I mean, one of your brothers in Christ is Tim Tebow. I know you don't want to you don't want to hear that at this church. You don't want to hear that. But he is come to his defense. It's not cool here and in a lot of my circles to like Tebow. But he's your brother. You're going to party with him forever. There's. Still haven't. Guys, I mean, that was trivial. I mean, but like, there's so many other ways that we want to be cool. But we're not. We're called to be not cool. We're called to be holy. We're called to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. First, obedient to Him. Good things can come of it. I love you guys. Thanks.